Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 174 of the show and a topic that has been coming up quite a few times lately in the Hangout group is people are asking about good, bingeable podcasts podcast that they can tune into right now. And there's a whole backlog that you can go back and listen to. I really do think it's because this is a great time of year for podcast binging because you're doing a lot of things like shopping, cleaning your house for the holidays, wrapping gifts, and you need a little something to listen to to get you through kind of the not so fun parts of the holiday season, maybe. So I just want to remind you guys, if you want to treat yourself to a little sort of awesome binging, There are over 20 episodes that we have released only to our Sorta Awesome Superstar listener supporters. I mean, that's hours and hours of podcast binging that you could be doing right now just by joining our community of supporters. So if you want to finish out 2018 with a little bit more awesome in your life, you can find all the details on how to become a Sorta Awesome Superstar over at SortaAwesomeShow.com slash support. Okay, this is episode 174. And today I'm joined by my dear friend, my longtime sort of awesome co-host, the smart and savvy lady behind simplyrebecca.com. Rebecca Hoffer. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Because awesome, you know, we're obviously just about to wrap up 2018. And it seems like a good time of year. Chris, to maybe get some things off of our chest, Rebecca, before <laughs> the year is totally gone. Maybe it's time to do a little confessing. You guys know that Rebecca and I love a confessions show. <laughs> How do we have so many? I know. Like, when are we going to start living our lives in a way where we do not need to have confessions? We're so broken that obviously we just keep doing things. <laughs> 
we keep doing confession-worthy things and also holding confession-worthy opinions. So later in the episode today, we're going to be talking about everything from problematic library stories to, well, I have something that I've been needing to confess to Rebecca for weeks and weeks now. She doesn't even know what I'm going to say, so that's going to happen. We also are going to work in some holiday confessions. Where the holidays are concerned, then we've got some of that as well. So we're going to get to all of that, all of our confessions. We have a whole list. We'll get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. You awesomes know this is the moment of the show where we tell you about the things that are, well, awesome in our lives right now, whether they're podcasts or books or movies or TV shows or products, whatever is making life a little bit more sparkly and gold glittery right now. So Rebecca, what do you have for us this week? Well, as you know, in our 2018 gift guide that we released just a couple weeks ago, instead of doing an awesome of the week for that gift guide, we did our like awesome gift of the year, something that we have received or something that we had given that we just thought was like, the best of the gifts for the past year. And I talked about this little toy that I got for my son, Isaac. That's this little like pound and tap bench. But guys, I have something better that I had completely forgotten about. And I would say this, this is the best gift that I gave over the past year. Oh my gosh, this is very exciting. First of all, before you even say what it is, I have to say that xylophone bench People have loved that so much. I was looking at our Amazon purchases that our awesomes make. We can see what people are buying, but not who's buying what. Did I tell you this? That was at the top of the list. Oh, really? All of our purchases based on our suggestions from the gift guide was that xylophone bench. So I'm like super excited to hear what's even better than that. Well, hey, that bench is really pretty cool. So I approve every single purchase. But what I (laughs) love that I gave was also a gift to Isaac. And we gave it to him last year for his first Christmas. And it was a personalized ABC photo book that I made with the app Chatbooks. Oh, fun. Now, we have talked about Chatbooks on Sword Awesome like time and time again. They are a photo company that I absolutely love and adore. I use them for like all of my like instead of scrapbooks, I put together these little series of photos. I've ordered their prints before. And this was the first time that I had made one of their customized photo books. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love it. It comes with lots of different options for like size. You can have a six by six size or an eight by eight size, hardcover, softcover. But the cool thing is, is that they already have this like template for you to create your own ABC photo book. So they give you like all the graphics for each letter. And then all you have to do is find pictures for each letter. And so, you know, we're talking things like L is for library and T is for tunnel. I have a picture of Isaac in this little tunnel at the park, you know. So what I did is I decided to make this book for Isaac. And then for just like several weeks, I was like just, you know, casually scrolling through my photos when I would think about it, just trying to think about different letters and different photos I could use. I had a goal that for every picture, I wanted to have somebody from the family in it. And most of them have Isaac in the pictures. So for my daughter, Grace, I did do G is for Grace. And that was a picture of just Grace. But then for like all the other pictures, I tried to make sure that we included people. And it turned out to be so darling because we gave it to him like for his first Christmas and his birthday is so soon after Christmas. It felt like this kind of like scrapbook collection of even his first year. There's pictures of him 
when he was first born in the hospital, all the way up until like sitting in a pumpkin patch just months and months later. It really, really is adorable. It's such a cute idea. And I love that they already have the template for you. That's amazing. It's like so easy. This is something that you could recreate using other photo apps. It was so easy. And this week I published on my blog, simplyrebecca.com, exactly like how I made this book. And I share what I use for every single letter. And I provide additional suggestions for each letter. So you can go to simplyrebecca.com or click the link in the show notes to find that article. But I have to share a little side confession here. Okay, this is a bonus one for you. (laughs) So we're giving this to my son, Isaac, right? And I was asking my husband, Nate, about some of the letters. Like I had D is for daddy. And then I had a couple pictures of him with Isaac. And I was asking him to vote on them. And then I was like, so I'm stumped on this one. I said, I don't know what to do for the letter I. I have a picture of an ice cream cone, but like it doesn't have anybody in it. And I want to have somebody in every picture. And he just looks at me and he says, Rebecca, I is for Isaac. (laughs) 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 You guys, I did D is for daddy, M is for mommy, G is for Grace, N is for Noah. And I almost did I is for ice cream. Sometimes it takes a while to wrap your mind around the fact that you have this extra child. How did I not think of that? Oh, my oh word. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. I love it. So that's just the pro tip for you. If you're going to make one of these, start with, you know, the person you're giving the book the to. Yes. Oh, my goodness. But hey, seriously, guys. This is such an adorable gift, and it feels like a keepsake gift. You know, like, I wish I had them for all of my children. They would make an excellent first Christmas gift, first birthday gift. I mean, even, like, for an older child that already maybe knows their ABCs, like, even, like, a three, four, even, like, a five-year-old, it just is a fun book to have with, like, all these pictures over the years and, you know, them and all these fun pictures. So I definitely recommend it. I love that because, you know... Speaking of things that we talk about often in the hangout group, people are always asking for gift ideas for babies and toddlers, especially if they're not the first baby and they already have access to all of big sister and brother's toys. Right, right. What do you give? Yeah, this is great. Perfect. Perfect. That's so sweet. Like Rebecca said, there'll be a link in the show notes to her blog post about that and then how you can get signed up with chat books. So you can do that for this year. So that'd be so fun. That is so sweet. Your Awesome week is so wholesome. Yeah. Family friendly and mm-hmm. good. Adorable, right? Yeah. Where is this going? <laughs> awesome. We're taking a sharp turn because my <laughs> awesome of the week is not wholesome and it is not family friendly. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. <laughs> it's oriented towards grown-ups for sure. Okay. So it is a podcast. It was recommended to me and I think really to the awesomes. I think I found this in a thread in the hangout group by one of our awesomes, Anna, who is super active in our hangout group. The podcast is called Learning the Tropes. Instead of learning the ropes, learning the tropes. Okay. And it is all about romance books. Oh, okay. So the setup for the show, there's two hosts, Aaron and Clayton. Aaron is a grown-up lady who loves, loves, loves the romance book genre, the whole genre of romance books. She loves them. And then she has a friend, a man, named Clayton, who has never read romance books before. 
And so every week they read a book, same book, and they go through and discuss. And she's kind of teaching him about all of the different tropes that you find in romance books. Tropes being things like they are the sort of like thematic elements that you can see across things. And I like to talk about tropes because you really see these like not only in books, but in TV and I mean, you see it a lot in TV, actually, in movies, things like damsel in distress or beauty and the beast kind of theme. So, you know, I mean, there's the whole expanse of different tropes. And the sort of conceit of the show is that Clayton doesn't get any of it. And Aaron's like the veteran. And she's kind of teaching him along the way about romance books. You guys, it is so funny. I started listening because, again, I trust Anna's taste. She has fantastic taste. I am a dabbler in romance books. I've really just started reading them for the first time this year. And I was like, well, I don't know that much about romance books. Maybe I'll learn something. It is hilarious. I'm going to just be very honest with you. They're very frank and very candid (laughs) in their discussions about the content of the book. And they also definitely use language that's geared towards grownups. So this is not one you want to turn on in the van (laughs) when you're hauling kids around to carpool. Oh my goodness, no. Now, Rebecca, I love this show so much. And I realized I'm like really starting to accept and embrace the fact that I really do have a type when it comes to podcasts now. Obviously my type, I like to listen to recap shows. And apparently it doesn't even matter if I've read or seen the material or not. I just like to listen to people do funny recaps of things. I started to notice this when I was loving the podcasts, recaps of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Right. Babysitter's Club Club is one of my favorite podcasts. I read probably the first, I don't know, dozen or so of the Babysitter's Club original books. You didn't need to read any of them to totally get that show. And so here I am with another podcast where they basically do recaps of these books. And they have it broken down into segments, which is really fun. Like they do judge a book by its cover, where they discuss the cover artwork. One segment that I love is they go to Goodreads. And so whatever book they read for the week, they find whatever Goodreads lists that book has landed on. And then they sort of discuss and banter back and forth if the book they just read belongs on that list. I don't know. It's just fantastic. They've done some contemporary romances so far. They did a sci-fi romance that was really weird. (laughs) They just did a Regency one, Regency being sort of like early-ish 1800s, sort of like the Jane Austen era of literature. So anyway, again, the hosts are hilarious, Aaron and Clayton. The podcast is learning the tropes. And even if you're not super into romance books, but you enjoy adult humor, it's just really funny and lots of fun to get into. And there's like only five or six out so far. So you could totally binge what they have and then get in early on this one. Well, it sounds good. It's interesting to hear you say that you've discovered that you really like recap podcasts because that's what I listen to a lot of also. And I'm always like a little bit embarrassed to say, but like I spend a large amount of my time listening to recaps of Big Brother and the Bachelor franchise. Isn't that so interesting? I wonder what it is like, because I know some people are totally not into this sort of style of podcast, but I don't know. And for me, like I said, it's so weird because I don't even have to interact with the material directly. Now, again, with learning the tropes, they are talking about tropes that really do supersede the romance genre of books and literature. They're talking about things like you can find tropes in almost any, you know, content that's created that we consume. Even The Bachelor deals with tropes in terms of like who gets 
you know, cast as the villain. For and, sure. You know, various storylines. So I don't know. I don't know. We both really like it. And if you are like Rebecca and I, and you like this style of podcast, I recommend it. If you're not sensitive to discussions of sexuality and those types of things. <laughs> Okay, well, those are our awesomes of the week this week. We cannot wait to hear what is awesome in your life right now. So as a reminder, every Friday over on our Instagram, you can come and tell us about your awesome of the week. We're at Sorta Awesome Show over there. And of course, every Friday in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group, we open the floor for our awesomes to tell us the story of whatever is awesome in your life. And if you haven't joined us over there yet, you can do that at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Awesomes, if there is one thing that you know we are huge fans of around here, it is taking care of ourselves really well. And one company that has been helping people do that for over 125 years is Knipe. That's right, Knipe is all about supporting you in taking care of yourself, nurturing yourself, pampering yourself with their amazing bath salts, their bath oils, their shower foams, all kinds of skin and body care products that are always plant-based, vegan, dermatologist tested and recommended. They're cruelty-free and they don't contain any preservatives, paraffins, silicones, or mineral oils. This time of year, I especially love the Knight bath salts. They are so amazing for creating a relaxing bath experience. The salts that they make are truly pure. In fact, their salt comes from an ocean that's 1,500 feet below the Earth's surface. Their salts are completely uncontaminated by environmental pollutants. They're free of toxins and chemical additives, and they are rich with minerals such as magnesium, calcium, and zinc. My kids love Knipe so much that I went and stocked up on shower foams and bubble bath for them to stick into their stockings so that we can all start the new year off smelling and feeling great. Knipe has products to support your well-being in a variety of ways, soothing products, relaxing ones, moisturizing ones, energizing ones, and even some that are anti-aging. So if you want to join me in experiencing the awesome of Knipe, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off of your first order by going to knipe.com. That's knipe, K-N-E-I-P-P.com, and use promo code awesome at checkout. Remember, it's just a limited time, so hurry and do this. Get 15% off of your first order when you go to knipe.com. That's K-N-E-I-P-P.com. Use promo code awesome at checkout. Okay, like I said, at the top of the show, Rebecca and I have a little list that we put together. Rebecca, I think you kind of keep a running list of things that you <laughs> I do and they're not always like new things I mean yeah I'm doing like cringeworthy things like all the time but like several of these things on my list are from my past that you know I just have so many <laughs> that I just haven't gotten to them all yet on sort of awesome so you know I'm yeah. a little excited to share a little nervous it'll be fun okay well, since you're the one that's been keeping a good writing list, let's have you go first. What is your first confession for us this week? Okay, well, we're just going to ease into things here with something okay, yeah. you know, fairly mild, I think pretty relatable. And that is the missing library book. Guys, I mean, everybody has lost a library book, right? And usually it's yep. not like your library book. It's one that your children <laughs> got, right? Of like, course. of course. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a policy now like a personal policy that I don't want my kids to ever check out like thin 
paperback picture books. Yes. You know, a chapter book is different, but those paperback picture books, they're like impossible to find. They get lost in the bookshelf amongst everything else because you can't see the little barcode on the spine. They're just a disaster. Yeah. So I was talking to a girlfriend this past week and she was talking about cleaning out her van and she was kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys, like my van, it was so disgusting. (laughs) I mean, relatable, right? You know, for me, it definitely is. Yes. And she confessed to us that she found a missing library book underneath a seat in the car. Uh And of course, like she had already paid for it like earlier in the school year. And she was so frustrated. Yeah. And she's like, guys, like this is awful. This is I was like, oh, girl, no. Like (laughs) underneath a seat in the van like that is not that bad. I once and here you go. Here's the first confession. I once lost a library book. I think multiple library books. I think it was a stack of three. I lost three library books for several, several weeks, was this close to replacing them all Yeah. when I found them in a laundry basket underneath a pile of clean clothes. (laughs) Perfect. What does that say about my life? Yes, (laughs) because they were there for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my word. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so funny. I love it. I have some library stuff too. That I think these are bonus. This isn't even on my list. First of all, when you said that talking about paying to replace one, it reminded me that we're going to have to pay to replace a book that Daisy had checked out from her school library that was brand new. The librarian was so excited. It's like, I can't remember the title of it, but it's a really popular YA book right now. They'd just gotten it in. Daisy was the first person to check it out. Daisy went through a week or so of experimenting with taking coffee to school with her in the morning, like in a travel thermos, you know, okay. type thing. except it was didn't have a thermos top. It was like a travel cup. Okay. And coffee spilled in her bag, spilled all over the brand new library book. And then she lost it. Oh. <laughs> she was so upset. She told me this on one day. She was like, you know, the librarian's mad because we just got this. And I was like, all right, we may end up having to pay for it, but whatever. But then now she can't find it anywhere. <laughs> it's like the double whammy. <laughs> You ruined the book and you lost it. (laughs) So we're paying for it either way. But here's my other one. This is so bad. I can't believe I'm saying it out loud. Except then the only reason I am saying this, Rebecca, is because I do have a history of like actually confessing things and then making a change in my life. Okay. Yeah. Are you putting your hands on your hips? (laughs) I'm just getting ready. I just, I'm fired up. (laughs) Okay. We have a book that we checked out when the twins were toddlers. They were probably not even two. Okay. They're five and a half now. We lost it for a very, very, very long time. Then it resurfaced. In the meantime, I've never been back to the public library (laughs) because I have so much shame about this whole book situation. But now we found it. And now I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, there surely is like a cap on fines, right? Like, I am so stressed out right now. (laughs) Wait, what? I'm literally too embarrassed to call the library and ask them what to do. Okay, so you lost the library book. And then from that moment on, you have banned yeah. yourself from the library and you never yes. once investigated. Like, yes. So you don't know if the fine is like $5,000. Right. Or if it's like That's 25. Well, why don't you can just pay for it like a long time ago and like stop it in its track? You know, this is the power of shame, especially obviously library related shame for me. I'm like so embarrassed that it's been out for years. Okay. Does this all go back to like, because like your daughter pooped on the library floor? (laughs) Like, are you just like afraid 
to do any yes. misstep because like they know yeah. you, they have you pegged. There's obviously a deep psychological connection here with the library. <laughs> Okay, Meg, I am so stressed out for you. I want to like call the library for you like right now and find out what the fine is and like how much and like what their policy is. And yes, somebody call Oklahoma City Public Library for me. (laughs) But don't tell them my name. Wait, how have you survived? Just say like theoretically. Okay, now here's what's funny, Rebecca, and this ties back to my awesome of the week. I've avoided the library because we do a lot of Kindle reading. The kids can check out library books from the school library. We surprisingly, amazingly, except for that one Daisy incident, we've never had school library issues. It's only the public library. So the kids get their books at school. But now that I am like, oh, maybe I'll read some of these romance books. Here's the problem. We buy Kindle books all on my Amazon account. Oh, mm, so yeah. And my daughters have Kindle fires. So even if it's like whenever they open their Kindle, their tablets, their fires, you know, uh-huh. because it's an Amazon device, it like, it's like, here's your library. Would you like to read one of these books that you bought? And I don't want these like racy. Oh, no, no, no. Inappropriate books. Oh, no, there, so. no, you do not. I mean, you're an avid reader, or at least like you kind of like want to yeah. be, right? You just been buying every single book. Kindle. I've been buying the books that I want to read. Oh, my word. I know. Meg. This stresses me out so much. This is even what I was going to surprise you with. We are so problematic. You need to call them right now, Uh, today, and tell them the story. Can't you log in online and, like, see what your fine is in your account? Don't you have access to that? (laughs) Oh, my word. (laughs) So anyway, yes, because now I'm like, I want to, like, speak these romance books into my reading stack, but I don't want them to be on my Kindle. That's like a whole other confession. Like you're reading books too racy that like you need to solve your library crisis. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay, but this wasn't even like your first confession. Sure wasn't. Okay, well, right. lay it on me. What this do you have? This kind of pales in comparison actually to... Well, I would hope so. You started out pretty hot here. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot, lot, lot more tame. But this is the one I was going to specifically confess to you. Because here's the confession, just straight out of the gate. Ever since I got pregnant earlier this fall, I have not washed my face before bed. Oh, oh, that's okay. I mean, it's not okay. But like... Do you remember, Rebecca, do you remember back in episode 37, (laughs) it was like our first confession show and you confessed it always washing your face and I kind of gave you a hard time about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I spent like years like never washing my face. Yes. So like a few weeks is okay. Oh my gosh. It has not been okay. Well, first of all, you can see my skin. It's not doing great. It's glowing. (laughs) There may be some glow, but there's also some blemishes happening because my face is like, why? Why are we doing this? This isn't how life works. I've just been so tired. Yeah. So tired. I had, you know, my usual blood work done that they usually run at the beginning of pregnancy. I'm not anemic. My iron levels were fine, but like probably because I'm, you know, 41 and I have four kids and a busy home and work life. But I've just been so tired that at the end of the day, the minute my head hits the pillow, you know, sometimes I fall asleep on the couch or laying down with that's been happening a lot lately. I'll lay down with the boys and then I fall asleep with them. Anyway, 
I just have not been washing my face. And I want you to know that I'm sorry I gave you a hard time. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> I have been washing my face, though. Like, I made a change. <laughs> yes. The other weird thing is, too, I've even said this sounds sort of awesome. I enjoy washing my face because it's like a nice self-care end of day ritual for me. Right. But I just have not been able to summon the energy for it. So who knows? I'll keep you all updated. Maybe once I hit that second trimester, like energy burst, maybe I'll get back to it. Or maybe I'll just get those face wash wipes, you know, like the makeup remover wipes. Well, I mean, this is a bonus confession. That's all I use these days. <laughs> is that good enough? Yes. Does it count? It totally counts. Yes. I don't know, but that's what I use. Okay. I'll keep you updated on how that progresses. So. All right. What's next on your list? Okay, next on my list is that I get very caught up in like things being hard and thinking that like I can't handle trying to figure something out. So like, for example, figuring out what to do about a library book. <laughs> yes. I mean, like exactly like that. Yeah. Okay. If like I have to do any sort of research, I just convince myself like, oh, I just can't. So for example, my mom had gifted me essential oils diffuser. I had wanted one, okay? I even picked out like what I wanted. But then when I got it, I was like, I don't really know how to use it. And so I didn't use it for a full year. So I have like this thing. And then, you know, I finally, I got it out. I was like, oh, well, you know what? It's like not actually so hard. I thought like I might need like special water and I didn't know how to clean it. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to do it. So the same thing happened to me (laughs) with like this pots and pans set that I purchased. It's ceramic. Okay. And I read that like it can scratch kind of easy and you need to be really careful with it. And I read something about like that there's some pickiness about it that you have to treat it gently and maybe even like season it or something. And I was just like, ah, I don't know how to do this. But it was a really good deal on Black Friday. And so I purchased it because I really needed like a new big skillet with a lid. So I got it. I opened it up and I expected there to be like an instructional booklet that came to me with like all this information I needed and there was nothing. And I was like, Uh. oh, no, I can't handle this. And so I packed it back up and I set it aside. I also was a little bit stressed out about where I was going to store it, because at that point in time, my middle son, Noah, was really into like playing with my pots and pans. And he would like drag them all out and like bang them all around. I was like, ah, no, this isn't good. So I don't know where to put these. And yeah, anyway, it just felt like I had this like long list of like all these reasons why it was really hard. But hey, here's my confession is that I finally pulled out the large skillet that I needed with the lid and I used it for the first time this year. And I am so proud of myself because I originally made that purchase in November of 2014. <laughs> <laughs> Those pots and pans predate sort of awesome. <laughs> yeah. And like, they're all still in the box, except for that one that I pulled out because I needed a yeah. new one badly enough to replace it four years ago. Do you know how bad this pan was that I've been using for the past four years? I mean, it just must yeah. be awful, an awful shape, but it just felt too hard. Guess what? It wasn't hard. And I went, (laughs) spoiler alert, it wasn't hard. And I went back to see in my like Amazon orders, like when I bought it. Right, right. And the deal was so good. Like, I think I paid just a little over $50 for the whole set. Wow. I mean, I could have like gotten it out 
ruined the whole thing yep. in the past four years. And it would have been like so worth it to still have been using it. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I really do. I did that with a specific kind of dog collar, gentle leader. I had it. People recommended it to me for our German Shepherd puppy. I had it for probably six months. I mean, it's not the same as four years, but <laughs> like I just, I put it like with her other walking stuff. And I just was like, so afraid that I was going to have to learn so much to figure out how to use it. I watched like a 10 minute YouTube video and I was like, okay, I'm good to go. I know. I did a Google search. Have you heard of Google? It's this thing you can type in all of your questions <laughs> and you get the answers like that. Yes. I understand you can access it at your local public library. I wouldn't know, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, hey, I'm super excited to be using my new pan. I'm very excited for you. Maybe in another four years, I'll get the rest of the box. Maybe so. Maybe this is the Christmas. It's a gift to yourself. And it's very frugal, Rebecca, because you already bought them. Right. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the current status of your Pampered Chef pizza stone. Hey, it's living its best life and very, very happy in my basement. <laughs> good, 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 good. Maybe next year will be the year for the Pampered Chef pizza stone. It could be. It could be. <laughs> okay. Well, as luck would have it, and we didn't plan this, but my next one has to do with kitcheny type stuff too. Here's the thing. Our dishwasher is broken. Oh, sorry. And just going to confess that it has been broken for over a year. And we've just never really gotten around to fixing it. So confession with your face right now. It's very alarmed. Well, but this sounds like awful. I mean. Well, just listen, though. Here's my confession within a confession. I really don't think dishwashers are all that great. I really don't because okay. do they really save you that much time? Do they? Because you still have to clear the table, scrape the dishes. Some dishwashers, you have to do a little bit more pre-scrub than others. Now, I know some today with their fancy technologies, you don't have to even really give them a good wash down. But some, I have had them in the past where you had to basically wash them first and then put them in the dishwasher. Is it that way with your current one? Before it was broken? It depended. It was very unreliable. It was okay. inconsistent in how well it washed dishes to begin with. Okay. Keep going. The dishwasher does actually wash the dishes, but then they still have to be unloaded and put away. So, Oh, my word. And when you hand wash the dishes, you don't have to put them away? You just magically... One thing <laughs> is, the dishwasher only saves you one step out of all of that. And it's it going to be like... It saves you the best step. <laughs> <laughs> well... My daughters are going to be so team Rebecca because they are so annoyed that we won't get it fixed. But, you know, I think that washing dishes is it's good teamwork. It's good, like part of the family teamwork to wash dishes. I know you feel really skeptical about this. Well, I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know, play a board game or something. <laughs> no, that's not the same thing at all. I think being part of a family is you understand how you learn. You are trained and you learn how to be, first of all, part of your family's team, but then also how to be a functioning person. Yes, you outside. are right. It is a good life skill to have to know how yeah. to wash dishes. I do fully support that. Yeah, my daughters don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> of course not. I still think maybe you're just like a little bit crazy. But like if your kids are doing all the dishwashing, that's one thing. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Not all of it. And yeah, not all of it. You're doing some. You need to get it fixed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> 
I do the dishes during like for breakfast and lunch, and then the girls rotate doing dinner dishes. And hopefully soon we'll have two little brothers up there on a stool helping. I haven't quite endeavored to do that yet because that's going to be a big mess and that's going to be something right, else right. to clean up. Well, do you think it's expensive, your fix? It'll be an expensive fix. There's something wrong. It's not draining right. And so, yeah, I just kind of like in my own mind did a very unofficial cost-benefit analysis. Mm -hmm. Is it really worth it to sink this much money into a dishwasher that wasn't super fantastic to begin with? Right. When we just can chip in and do the work together. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I get it. It's okay. Okay. So that's my broken dishwasher confession. What's next on your list? Well, speaking of maybe like a little bit of unconventional stuff in your house, you know, like not fixing your dishwasher. Mm -hmm. When my husband and I got married, we were living in an apartment that had like some stairs that were very like sharp, like difficult to move things up the steps, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to have our bedroom upstairs on the second floor. But we were really kind of concerned about how exactly we would navigate a mattress up the steps because the ceiling was also quite low and there was like a full sharp turn and it just seemed like ah like I just don't know how we're going to manage it yeah so when we were registering for our wedding gifts we thought well there was this really really nice air mattress why don't Mm -hmm. we just register for that and see how it goes so my confession is that we got an air mattress as a wedding gift and that we slept on it for five years. <laughs> All right. <laughs> kind of another one of those things of like, well, it works. Yes. Yes, it worked. It worked well. It was like a really nice one. It was kind of like double decker. So it was kind of higher off the ground. It, we weren't like completely low on the ground. It did not need air added to it as often as you would think. Like maybe oh. just like once a week or once every couple of weeks, maybe once a month. I would press this little remote button and like give it some more air. I could always tell when I needed more air because I'd be like sliding over, falling into Nate more (laughs) in bed. The one problem that we had with it, well, two. The first one is that it kind of got like wider and wider and wider (laughs) as it got like flattened down. And so we ended up needing to get king size sheets for it because the queen ones kept popping off. Oh, interesting. And the other thing is that it was actually quite cold, like at night or at, in the wintertime, because there wasn't like much underneath. But hey, that air mattress lasted us a good many years, and it popped just before we moved to our house. Nate put his knee down into it to lean over and give me a kiss goodbye in the morning on his way to work, like he did like every morning, and then poof. I slowly sink to the ground. <laughs> that was quite a kiss. <laughs> and that was just a couple of weeks before we were going to move. So we borrowed a mattress from somebody else that I don't know. Somehow we got it up there. I think it was a full size mattress. Who knew we could have gotten one up. <laughs> but if that had not popped, I bet we would have slept on an air mattress here, even in like our full, like regular yeah. house. It would have been just like, well, this is just what we do. It's just what we do. <laughs> we just sleep on air mattresses 24 seven. I love it. That's so funny. And also really, I mean, I'm laughing, but I do totally get it. Like, I also have a hard time just kind of overcoming the thing of like, 
I mean, this may not have been what I wanted to have happen, but it's fine. And then just yeah, like. Yeah, you just like, it's good enough, right? It's good enough. That's kind of like my whole decorating philosophy in my yes. house. It's like, that's ah, good enough. Yes, <laughs> totally. All right. My next set of confessions, again, has to do with some things I've talked about on Sort of Awesome. Recently, this year, back in August. My sister, Emily, was on the show. It was episode 156. And we had a discussion setting our new school year resolutions. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Remember this? Yeah. We talked about how sometimes, you know, of course, January is the big resolution time. But the start of the school year is like a good time to, you know, kind of set your intentions for what you're going to do this school year. Well, I'm here to report back Uh mid-year. We're about to wrap up the first semester of this school year. Rebecca. Uh I have busted every single (laughs) one of these. One of them was that I wanted to get serious about practicing and learning Spanish. We bought Rosetta Stone, which is not cheap. No. Thinking like, okay, if we have like a serious, because Kyle wanted to do it too. If we have like a serious language learning, you know, program, then we'll actually do it. And I was like, I'm going to set, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a day to work on Spanish. No. Haven't done it, not even one minute, Rebecca, not even one, <laughs> from December back to the start of the school year. I wanted to take more pictures because my kids have all of these lasts this year. Now, I guess this one I have not totally busted because all of the big events, you know, like last this or that that we've had so far, I've taken pictures of. I've tried to get more pictures of them in their classrooms and stuff. The twins are in kindergarten and then this is Stacy's last year of middle school and Angie's last year of elementary school. But I haven't taken as many just like candid everyday life pictures. Mm. I did a great job with, you know, Laura Tremaine, our friend and former co-host, hosts One Day HH every year. I did a great job on that day of documenting everyday things. But that's pretty much the only day that I've documented every day, you know, just stuff of life. So I guess I've kind of like, I don't know, like 33% achieved that way. <laughs> I could have done a little better. The one I'm feeling really crummy about is I had set an intention that we were going to practice hospitality more. I had set the intention originally of having people over for dinner like twice a month. Yeah. We have had probably from August to December, we've had people over three times. Hey. Well, that's good. Okay, it's not the same as because <laughs> if I'm totally honest, I thought your idea of doing it twice a month was reaching too high. Yeah, well, obviously it was. You are not wrong. Because <laughs> I've had a similar hospitality goal, and for a yeah. solid year or maybe even more, my husband and I really did make it intentional that once a month we were going to invite somebody over, and that ended up coming around a whole lot faster than what you would think it would. So, you know, I don't think this is so much of a uh, resolution fail as it is just like a readjustment of expectations. Plus, I mean, pregnant. So, you know, there's that. I know. And yes, that did sort of take the wind out of my sails. But I mean, that was like the last part of October when that situation happened. So there was quite a few weeks where there could have been better effort made, I suppose. But so, yeah, okay, all right. I'm going to look at this one as a resolution reality check instead of a total failure. Yes, yes. Okay, but I have to ask, though, how did you end up doing with the screen time goal over the summer? 
Wait, what was my screen time goal? You had like some kind of chart or something. You were going to oh, be like real yeah. intentional and then you'd confess later in the summer that you hadn't started it yet. Did you end yeah. up doing it at no. all? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just toss that one into the pile of good ideas never acted on. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I yeah, love it so, I much. so much. didn't do it that I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Did I say that? Are you sure? <laughs> sure, was it someone else? That's so funny. Okay. I don't know. I am really deeply contemplating as January is just around the corner. Like, do I need to just calm down the expectations? Try to embrace the fact that things are changing a lot in our family. Right. And yeah. Maybe I like pick one intention to really try to work on. Well, you know, one thing that I think is going to come more naturally is the taking of the pictures because... That's true. You're going to be so inspired to take pictures of this new little one. That's true. That's a good natural way to make sure that we're getting lots of good pictures in. So. Yeah, just keep having babies and then you'll <laughs> take all the pictures. I mean, that's a very obvious solution. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Awesomes, I got to tell you, I have been undergoing a little bit of a fashion revolution lately. Now, you all know that I love my skirts and dresses, and I've also been dabbling with jeans. But you guys, thanks to Fabletics, I have discovered the awesome of activewear. Fabletics is a fashion-focused activewear brand with a mission to empower women by making a healthy, active lifestyle accessible to everyone because of their exceptional price point. So no matter if you're practicing some good, solid self-care in your yoga class, or you're crushing it in CrossFit, or you just want to pop your kids in a stroller and go for a walk, Fabletics has you covered. They carry gymwear suitable for any type of workout. It's your one-stop shop for affordable gymwear, and all of their designs are created in-house. You're not going to find these pieces anywhere else. Before I forget, Fabletics is offering you awesomes an incredible deal you don't want to miss. You can get two pairs of leggings for only $24. That's a $99 value when you sign up as a VIP. Just go to fabletics.com slash awesome to take advantage of this deal right now. That's fabletics.com slash awesome to get two leggings for $24. And there's also free shipping on orders over $49. International shipping is available and there's no commitment when you purchase your first order. That's fabletics.com slash awesome. I just got my new shipment in last week and let me tell you, delivery was so fast and I'm absolutely obsessed with my Lada pullover. Sorry, not sorry to anybody who knows me in real life because I've been wearing this thing for days and days. It's so, and I've gotten so many compliments on it when I've been wearing it around town. If you've never tried Fabletics, I highly recommend starting on their collections page. You can see all of the trending pieces. They release new styles and collections and prints every month. And when you become a VIP with Fabletics, you get 50% off of their regular pricing and instant access to their latest collections. So if you're fired up about starting the new year in shape and feeling confident, stepping into your workout routines with trendy and affordable gym wear, I highly recommend you head over to Fabletics. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on this very special offer. Again, two pairs of leggings for $24. So that's a $99 value. When you sign up as a VIP, all you got to do is go to fabletics.com slash awesome to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash awesome for two leggings for only $24 at fabletics.com slash awesome. Remember, no commitment to purchase monthly, free shipping on all orders over $49 at fabletics.com slash awesome. Terms and conditions do apply. Oh, so fun. Okay, what's next on your list? 
So this one is weird. I don't even really know why I'm telling this story. These are my favorite kind of stories. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how to start. Okay, I did something crazy in college, okay? And I'm just going to tell you, and that's that, okay? All right. Yeah, I just did it. So I had a girlfriend, a very close friend of mine. This is my sophomore year of college. It was at the very end of the school year. I think it was like finals week or soon to be the end of the school year. And I had a close friend who was not going to be returning to college the next year. She had decided to make other plans and pursue a degree in a different direction. And we were so sad because we were so close. And so we wanted to do something like big and really fun and crazy to kind of be like one last hurrah, her and I. So we decided to go skinny dipping in the fountain in the center of campus. What? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Rebecca? Yeah, it's a thing I did. It's crazy. (laughs) Why am I telling everybody? (laughs) This is, I mean, the thing of it is not that shocking. The fact that you did it is very surprising to me. I mean, like skinny dipping, that's like a rite of passage. Like everybody needs to do it like at least once, right? Mm. But, oh, mm, you look doubtful. Have you? (laughs) No? No, I I actually never have. Oh. Never. Well, maybe you can do that today. Yeah, I was going to say, go somewhere today. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I mean, yeah, so skinny dipping is a thing that happens. I think that, you know, skinny dipping at night and skinny dipping with like all one gender isn't like so super scary or scandalous. You know, like I think. You know, it's not that big a deal. I think the thing that's like so crazy about this situation is that like it was in a fountain. So it wasn't like in a lake or a pond, you know, it was a fountain that was like lit up at night and it's not that deep of water. And it was like the center of campus, a very public place. And I attended a private Christian university, which would very much look down on that type of activity there was people around kind of i mean we like had to keep an eye out because you know people would be walking by and there were security guards that you know would drive around and so we were just kind of we kept an eye out we were very strategic in what we wore we went we were like looking around and then we just as quickly as we could we just like stripped down jumped in splashed all the way around the fountain got out put our clothes back on (laughs) i love this story i know a lot of things about you this is not something i would have guessed it was a lot of fun i'll have to put a picture of like the campus with the fountain somewhere that everybody can see like yes get a good visual for the lay of the land (laughs) (laughs) this is fantastic um this is so good okay i love it that is a very good confession we all have weird things we've done in our youth Uh, of course we do. <laughs> Most of mine will not ever be on the air. I promise you that. <laughs> okay, my next one is going to be controversial. I can promise you that. And it's holiday. I love it. Bring it on. It's holiday related. People have a lot of feelings and opinions about the holidays. Starting last year, and then we're continuing this year, we decided to get like really serious about really observing Advent. Okay, so Advent being the liturgical season, the four Sundays that lead up to the actual Christmas day. So we decided to get so strict about it that we went old school and decided we're going to 
not put up our Christmas tree until like Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. You're more accepting. You're like, huh, I'm okay. (laughs) But I know there are people that are shocked and appalled right now. And yeah, like just like not have Christmas music going in the house until actual (gasps) Christmas Day. I know. I know. It's getting worse. (laughs) Now, listen, listen. We are a very music oriented family. Everyone in my family loves music. So we are still listening to music, but we're listening to non Christmas music. So we have Advent playlists that we've been listening to or else just other kinds of music. It's not like we're band music. Here's the thing though. For years, I had gotten to where I was like dreading the holidays coming because it's just like the on and onness of it and can be so exhausting, can be magical. But as you know, and Rebecca, we kind of talked about this before that a lot of times the list gets handed to mom or mom takes the list herself Mm -hmm. and takes control of it. So it can be, while certainly a magical time, can feel like there's a lot of pressure on it. And so I just was like, I'm just not going to do that anymore. (laughs) It's not going to make it more stressful than it has to be. So last year was really hard. And also we did this as part of like our year of formation before we joined the Catholic Church and we weren't telling anyone about that yet. So that was really hard because I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. Oh, so you're saying you did this last year also? Yes. Last year was our first time to do this. Okay. And that part was really hard, especially the Christmas tree part, because I definitely grew up in a family where we put up the tree like the day after Thanksgiving. Uh And then we usually took the tree down the day after Christmas. So I was like, I don't know if we can do this. It's going to be so weird, so different. The girls definitely were like, this feels weird. But this year, having done it once, and we all survived, and it was fine. So we, last year, we put up the tree. I think we actually did it a few days before Christmas Eve because we had family coming in. We wanted to get the tree out and all of that. You didn't want them to know like how crazy you were? <laughs> Partially, yes. But then we were fine. And then we did the whole like the Christmas season because Christmas in the liturgical calendar is not just a day, it's a season of days that lasts until Epiphany. And then depending on the liturgical calendar you're going by, some go beyond that day, even January 6th. And so, yeah, we just did it and it was fun. And we really made a big deal out of celebrating Christmas in the Christmas season. So we watched all the Christmas movies, listened to all the Christmas songs. It was like just the right amount of Christmas. So once we had done it one year, I was like, this is actually kind of nice because I do love a Christmas tree and Christmas decorations, but they're kind of a hassle in some ways, especially if you have kids and pets, like trying to constantly make sure, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because I have two little boys, but there's a lot of ornament policing that has to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Our dog is huge and a puppy and just her tail knocks things over. Oh, yes. We couldn't even have ornaments along the bottom of the tree because she'd walk by it with her big, (laughs) dumb, wagging tail and knock ornaments down and break them. So anyway... We're doing it again this year, and the girls are kind of a little bit grumbly about it. But at the same time, they know that once it does get to actual Christmas, we're going to have lots of fun and celebration and stuff. And it's worked out fine, and it's actually been so much less stressful. Well, that's really interesting to me, because I feel like the things that you are talking about delaying are the parts of Christmas for me that are not stressful and that are fun Uh, and that are the parts that like I enjoy. For me, the stressful part comes in like all the decisions that need to be made about like everything, like mm -hmm. gifts and 
Christmas cards or not Christmas cards and the gifts and gifts and gifts and gifts. So to me, it really feels less stressful. It feels like there's a longer time for the anticipation to build because we're very much looking forward to getting Christmas stuff out. I will say that we are doing like a little bit as Advent goes on. So we have an Advent wreath. So on the first Sunday of Advent, we got the Advent wreath out with Mm -hmm. the candles and we got our nativity set out. Okay. This week I put up a wreath and then we'll probably go ahead and put the stockings up. And then next week we may put up, you know, a couple of other random Christmas decorations. So it's kind of like building the anticipation. Okay. Well, I cannot wait to hear how others chime in on this because I think this is just fascinating. (laughs) And then by fascinating, you secretly mean horrible. Well, (laughs) I think I can appreciate it from like maybe a spiritual aspect of your focusing you know, in more of like a traditional following the calendar type of way. I can appreciate it from that point of view. I don't appreciate it from the perspective of like, yeah, it just doesn't feel like as fun. And it doesn't feel less stressful to me just hearing you talk about it. Yeah. It sounds like delaying like the fun parts. Okay. Well, so here's my view on it, though. My kids all being in school and having activities and stuff. First of all, we're already, I mean, the Christmas is already happening. All of the girls' concerts and performances and stuff were in this month were all Christmas themed. Everywhere we go, there's Christmas out. So right, it's not right. like we're like in a Christmas bubble. Right. Of course. <laughs> we're still yeah. experiencing Christmas in some ways. But also, I think the part that's less stressful, I hadn't thought about it until you were saying that just now, is we do all of the fun things of Christmas, but while my kids are in school. So we have, you know, like two and a half weeks of the kids being home. That normally, I don't know what we would be doing, but we have this time where we can really enjoy, especially, you know, like after Christmas, doing all of the Christmas things. And there's like our calendar is cleared of everything else. We're not trying to fit Christmas into our already busy school year schedule. Mm. We're doing all the yeah, Christmas okay. stuff in the time of doing Christmas stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can appreciate that. I'm sure I will get lots of feedback on it. And I always do like to tell my children that if it is terribly scarring to them for the rest of their life, then they will definitely have something that they can complain about. Kyle always says, give them something to complain about at your funeral. Oh, (laughs) Oh, my word. Do you remember how mother would never let us? Yes. So funny. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I know we each have one more confession that we want to share. So yes. So speaking of complaining about Christmas things, this is now the time in the podcast where I offend all the listeners and tell them all the things I don't like about how they do Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So this is sort of a confession slash sorry, not sorry. Yes. Okay. So just here we go. Just like a little running list of things that I don't like about Christmas. So we've already talked how I don't like Christmas carolers coming to my house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I do remember this. So I'm just saying that again. I think that Christmas carolers are fabulous, good hearted people. I don't like standing outside in the cold Mm -hmm. without my coat because I didn't know it was you knocking on my door. I don't like doing that for like five, 10 minutes while you sing like multiple verses of multiple Christmas songs. That's a lot. It is a lot. I feel like Christmas carolers should be more of 
like a drive-by Christmas caroling, like a yes. walk-by. Like a we're leisurely stopping here on your porch for a moment and then moving on to the next and like slowly meandering through the neighborhood singing and people can come to their doors and their windows if they choose. I'm not yeah. holding a baby outside without our coats on, which <laughs> seems to always end up happening to me. Yes. Good, good. Okay. Now, I love Christmas cookies. I don't like baking. And so, therefore, I don't really? like baking Christmas cookies. And I never do. Okay. That's all right. <sighs> I give you permission. Yeah. It's just like the one thing that I've decided, you know, they always say, cut something out. Say no to something. Simplify somewhere. Well, that's one thing that I do. Is I don't do Christmas baking. I really love other people doing Christmas baking. So bring me all of your cookies. We will gladly eat them, but I'm not doing them. Another thing I'm not so much a fan of are, oh, <laughs> I'm like scared to say it. I don't love pictures of people in Christmas pajamas on their Christmas cards. Hmm. Uh, interesting interesting thing to be bothered about. I know. Well, it's like, you know, if I don't normally see you in your pajamas, like, why are you sending me a picture of you in your pajamas, mm. like me and like a hundred other people? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know that's a touchy one. It's like a tradition yeah. for people. And like, I get it. Sure. You know, you get your Christmas jammies. I think Christmas PJs are a lot of fun. Oh, I love a Christmas jammy. Uh, yes, yeah. I do too. But I just don't know that they need to be on the Christmas card. Okay, that's fair. And along with that, I will say that I want to see pictures of the parents on the Christmas card too. Like if you're going to send a Christmas card photo, please include yourselves and not just your kids. I think that so often we get like hung up on just not, I don't know, not liking your picture or not like having sure. your picture taken or you don't feel good about yourself or whatever but be in the picture you know i want to see the whole family i don't want to just see the kids yeah and then speaking of this is my last one if you're gonna take a picture of the whole family and you're gonna do it in front of a christmas tree i have very very high standards when it comes to Oh, no. Christmas tree photos. Oh, gosh. I think it's silly when people take a picture standing directly in front of a Christmas tree so that all you see is maybe like just the very top of the tree or like just a little bit on the sides. It's kind of like, well, I don't know. It just feels weird. Like step to the side just like a little bit. Just like frame it just a little. Guys, I'm so judgy. Oh, my word. I can like, you guys are all like, wow, I thought I liked her. Oh, why does she have all these judgy thoughts? go sometimes we need a little direction in our lives like, i want to see just a little bit more of the tree it's not that uh. i want to see like less <laughs> of the people it's yeah. just like i've seen pictures before where like you can't even see the tree and it's like well okay. why did you like choose a better background like why did you stand like so much in front of the tree like maybe sit in front of the tree and have like some like behind i don't need to see the whole tree but like maybe yeah. a little bit more to the side and like you just stand like just frame it just to the side a little bit. I mean, I can give like a full demo of like do's and don'ts of Christmas tree pictures. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need in our lives. If I mean, no one in your real life is going to tell you this. Let Rebecca tell you how to. I have been telling my real life friends. They think I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Are those all of your sort of sorry, not sorry confessions? Yes, about yes they are. And now, and listen. You feel better? I hope you feel better. Well, actually, I feel quite scared. And I'm wondering if we might cut some of this out. <laughs> we might. Here. 
hey, guess what? I just confessed some things that I feel so bad about that you didn't hear it because Meg <laughs> cut it later in post. <laughs> now you'll never know. <laughs> well, as it so happens, my very last one is directly related to your critiques. And that is that I guess I'm just a person who doesn't send Christmas cards anymore. The last year that we sent them was 2014. Okay. And every year since then, I'm like, oh, we should get a picture of everybody and I should do cards. But then I don't do it. The first year, 2015, the first year I didn't do it. I was like, okay, all right, we missed miss Christmas. I'll do some of those cute Happy New Year cards. That did not happen. <laughs> no, did not happen. And then, you know, just like every year that's gone by since, I'm like, I should probably do that. But, you know, the thing is, is that like how you feel about Christmas making, that's how I feel about Christmas cards. I love to get people's Christmas cards. What I've started doing since I stopped sending Christmas cards is when I get a card from somebody, I just take a minute to text them or like Facebook message them and say, thank you so much for the card. I loved seeing your family or whatever. Oh, that's nice. Thanks for keeping me on your Christmas card list. I know we haven't done great sending ours out <laughs> lately, but I really do say that. You send every person who sends you a Christmas card an apology? Not an apology so much as just like, thank you for keeping us on your list. Uh, the, the number of people, here's a little insight for you. I know this wasn't the part that was supposed to be the confession, but I think this is hilarious. Why? Wouldn't you rather, I mean, I guess it's like, why do you want a Christmas card? I like to hear from people. Rebecca's like falling out of her chair laughing. <laughs> Oh, man, now I feel really bad about this confession. <laughs> I only felt a little bad. I'm sorry. I'm like crying. I think that that, I'm sorry. I think that's so funny. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not laughing. Oh, dear. It's like you're saying like, well, you're. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask you if like, because I've been tempted before to skip. Christmas cards. I feel like they're kind of fun, but that they're like, can be really, really stressful and like a lot of work yes. and they can be expensive and the cost of postage and like everything about it. I don't quite yeah. love. I mean, I do love, but I don't love. But I always end up feeling like, well, but when I start receiving the cards, then I'm going to start feeling guilty. And yeah. so I was going to ask you if you experienced that. And you so do. clearly do because you like apologize to each person that gives you one. I and mean, then you tell like, them, don't you dare stop sending them to me because now then they're going to feel guilty if they ever stop sending you a card. Listen, and these are like, I don't know, two sentence texts. They're not that long. I'm not like falling all over myself to apologize <laughs> for their lack of teeth Christmas card because I promise you the vast majority of the people do not even realize that we haven't sent them, you know? Uh -huh. I'm sorry. I just thought that was so funny because <laughs> I guess it's just like exactly like what my fear is and not sending them is then like feeling bad. Yes. And oh, I'm sorry. I've been holding in a lot of laughter. It just all came out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news for me is that when you stop sending Christmas cards, eventually you do get taken off some lists. So I have to send, you know, fewer and fewer of those. Thank you for keeping <laughs> us on your list texts every year. <laughs> oh my goodness but truly like how you feel about christmas baking which i love and think is so fun as how i feel about christmas cards on my end they're not fun although i do love and appreciate and treasure the ones that we receive so yeah here we are 
Well, I'm going to send you one. I don't know if I was going to send you one, but now I definitely am because I would love to Thank get you. that text message from you. I want to hear exactly how you word it. <laughs> well, it's unique for every person. So <laughs> oh. we'll see. <laughs> okay. Now, before we wrap up, off mic, you were telling me a story about something that happened recently that had to do with a holiday party and you had some really good thoughts on it. And so before we wrap up, this part is taking a little bit of a turn from our silliness of our show, but I really loved this insight that you shared. And I was wondering if you mind to take a few minutes to tell us a little bit about this sort of insight that you had. Right. So as longtime listeners of the show remember, my husband is the director of a nonprofit that serves people who are experiencing homelessness. So they have several shelters like emergency shelters and transitional homes and other resources to help with affordable housing and things like that. So we attended a Christmas party just this past week that was thrown at one of the shelters, thrown at one of the homes for residents of the shelter, as well as staff and mentors and some volunteers. It's just like a way to just celebrate the season, give some gifts, have some fun, eat some good food. And it always is so good for me to kind of get reconnected with like the bare bones of the work that my husband does. And I am so incredibly grateful and proud of the fact that we can be part of coming along people when they are experiencing such trauma in their lives, like homelessness. So while I was there, I was talking to a mom and we were talking about school and her son. And she was sharing with me some concerns that she was having. And then as kind of like a side note, she had mentioned to me that she had not told her teacher that they were living in a shelter she didn't want the teacher to like think of them differently. And, you know, I thought that that was just a little surprising. I was just kind of sitting with that. And then I was talking with another woman there and she was sharing about her job and that she's like a medical assistant and she works in an office that does like all kinds of things. And, you know, I was joking with her about like how fancy it must be. She like works in an office that does Botox and like face peels and things like that. And then there was another mom there that I was talking to. And I have seen her like out and about in town. She like works at one of the local retail shops and she's helped me like in the store. And afterwards, as I was thinking about these three women and I was thinking about who they are and what they're going through and their roles out in society, I was really just struck by the fact that as we have all said and thought to ourselves before, you just never know what people are going through. That's so true. So here's this teacher who has absolutely no idea that there's a student in her class that is living in a shelter. There are people, men, women, getting Botox injections with an assistant standing there next to the doctor. No idea that she is living in a shelter. People being helped in this retail shop by this woman. No idea what she's going through. And it just really is good, I think, for all of us just to remember that there are people walking around who are experiencing great trauma and great sadness in their lives. And we just need to always be kind. And I think that as awesomes, that's something that we always are striving to do. But I just want to give this like little last reminder here that nobody's walking around with a sign above their head that says homelessness. You know, mm-hmm, right. nobody's walking around with a sign above their head that says struggling with infertility, or my mom just died, or my son has cancer, like none of those things are being broadcast 
we just have our faces and we just have our words and we just have our tones and just an encouragement to continue to strive to be awesome in all that you do and strive for that kindness in all the interactions that you have with people, especially here around the holidays. It's such a hard time to be experiencing loss and trauma and grief and that, you know, people can be so annoying and grumpy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is up to us to like be that bright spot in somebody's day. And you just never know what they're going through. And so also to those who are listening, who are saying, you know, I have a sign above my head that people can't see. I'm going through something. I hope that today's episode was a delightful distraction. And we all need them from time to time, right? We all need just to take a breath, just to laugh, just to maybe forget for a minute. And I just hope that this episode did that for you and that you found some comfort in it. And also, you can listen to episode 80 that Meg and I recorded two years ago around Christmas time. It is called Offering Gentle Comfort in Times of Grief During the Holidays and Beyond. And we talk specifically about grief and how hard it is around the holiday time and why it's so hard around the holidays and ways that we can support those who are walking through something really difficult. So I wish peace and kindness and happiness and health to everyone listening. And I hope that today's episode at least brought a smile to your face. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing that, Rebecca. When we were talking about this off mic, I said, okay, that sounds great. You have to say all of it because I will start crying (laughs) because I cry about a lot of things these days, but that is so touching and so true. And I do think that that is really at the heart of being an awesome in this world. So thanks for that. All right. Well, if you would like to reach out and share something with Rebecca and I, either serious or silly, or if you'd like to correct us on one of our confessions, <laughs> we're always open to that too. There'll be plenty of it, I'm sure. Uh, yes. Rebecca, remind everyone where we can find you all around the web. Well, you can find my writing on my blog at simplyrebecca.com, but then I'm all forms of social media at simplyrebecca. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. Okay. And I am Sorta Awesome Meg on social media. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.